Welcome to the Herald Express Devon Live Yellow Army Talker United podcast here on a, a sunny-ish Thursday afternoon. The leaves are fantastic, aren't they? Aren't they? Autumn, uh, 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 it's never my favourite time of year, I don't know about you, because you boys know what's coming. Uh, spring's my favourite time of year, <laughs> but uh, I must say the uh, uh, the uh, the colours are they are great for a few weeks, aren't they? Spectacular. Yeah. So the uh, the podcast begins this week. We have much to discuss, but we're going to begin with them um, with a robust defence of Jamie Reid, aren't we? I think. Yeah. Um, Jay, the, in the the game at Playmore uh, last weekend against Billericay, uh, Jamie Reid picks himself up a booking about midway through the first half. Yeah. Um, for a bit what before the, then maybe yeah. yeah what the referee saw as a dive in the box yes. under a challenge or the, the referee didn't think there was a challenge there and since um, since it appeared on Twitter it's been branded the worst dive ever um, and and there's been there's been a lot of debate about it thousands of people have seen it it's strangely it's missing from the um, the club's isn't it official video <laughs> uh, of the match. But look, let's have a look at it. We have it here. This doesn't make great podcasting, okay? But Dave and I, we have the video in front of us. We'll talk you through it. Um, Talkie, you're attacking the the old mini stand end. And here we go. The ball breaks into the box. Lemon Hay Evans pass. Reed tries to take it past the number five. Ricky Hales. And goes down. Yeah. Way, um, waves his hand in the air. And the referee's immediate response is to come over and wave a yellow card at him. Yeah. Now, at first glance, a lot of Torquay fans thought there was a possible penalty there. Well, that's what my, you know, you, you see these things cold on the day. No replays in the Plainmore press box. Which, uh, of course <laughs> w- not. W- no. Worth stressing. Yeah. This isn't Wembley. And it was um, it was the other side. You know, he was, was the other. The far corner yeah. of the ground. But my n- initial feeling was, well, there's been a challenge there. Yeah. Uh, Reed has gone down. Um Okay, so it's no penalty. Um, I'm not sure Jamie Reid was even asking for a penalty, actually. I think he was more interested in the exactly. corner, yeah. uh, uh, which yeah. has come off the defender. Um, and it just seemed at the moment, in that moment, uh, like quite a harsh booking. Yeah. Um, well, it, and it, then, it, obviously, I heard in the wake of this, this and <laughs> the worst, di- oh my goodness, have I got this wrong? And I was ready to come along today and, and uh, offer grovelling apologies to Scott Jackson, the referee, um, for having got one wrong. Uh, not that you, <laughs> I get only one wrong. Um, uh, but now, having seen it again, I yeah, don't... Yeah, I... I, I, I... I'm in Jamie Reed's camp on this one. It's the person who put it on Twitter very kindly put it up in slow motion as well. Look, Jamie Reed's left foot definitely makes contact yeah. with the number five's yes. foot. He trips. There's no penalty there. He trips over the guy's foot. Yes. I mean, it's just a collision. Down yeah. he goes. He's gone to ground. It looks as if he's gone to ground quite easily. Okay. But I think yeah. to describe that as the worst dive no. ever is way over the top yeah and when he puts um, his hand up he's clearly appealing for a corner looks like it not a penalty yeah, yeah. so uh, um uh, and of course in the wake i, th- I think uh, um you know we we've, we see players go down over thin air let's face yeah, it yeah. and they're far worse than that you know he's definitely clipped or been clipped whichever way you want to uh, uh, uh view it um uh, and the the way the the rest of the match went, yeah. After the referee has booked Jamie Reed for that incident, 
it kind of pushed him down an alleyway. And of course, he ended up sending one off and booking seven other yeah, players in yeah. the game. Um, and uh, in the Herald Express, Express this week, on another matter which we'll discuss uh, uh, in a minute, um, uh, one of those tackles was a tackle by Connor Lemonhay Evans. Yeah. Uh, which was robust, yes. Yeah. Uh, effective, yes. He won the ball. Um, but appeared to pick up a booking uh, for uh, going into in, intent. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, and and of course that went in. I I even thought even take mm. that word out that the Billericay sending off was harsh. I I did looking at that again <laughs> this you know, morning he, as well. He, but but yeah. the referee ended up booking himself into a corner. Yeah. Where if you're going to book for Jamie Reed's. Yeah. Quotes dive, close quotes. You're going to have to, and he very, he, book, he booked a Billericay player almost immediately afterwards for a foul, okay? Mm -hmm. And then the afternoon carried on like that. And the, it was almost like the ref ended up, to a certain extent, pressuring himself yeah. in There were so many bookings in that second half. Yeah. Weren't there? It, it, it was um, just card after card after card. And of course, in the end, um, Adam Coombs, the Billericay player, uh, who had been booked earlier for not quite sure, but that was a you know didn't seem a, a, a slightly harsh booking earlier on, and then of course yeah. he's on a knife edge then yeah. and the next foul, and and it was just uh, I, I thought the ref didn't really help himself on Saturday, no. but that's very easy for us to sit in here. You know, referees aren't it's not their job to go around helping themselves. They're yeah. there to interpret and in, in, yeah. and and in prose the laws of the game. Uh, we all know that players don't help the referees on many, many occasions. They don't help themselves. Mm -hmm. um, but I certainly think Jamie Reid uh, uh, doesn't deserve the no. stick that he's got, uh, uh, certainly from some sections of the Billericay support. Particularly as I have never seen a team waste time quite so effectively, let's put it that way, yeah. As Billericay did on Saturday afternoon. No, I mean the ultra slow motion departure well, after the red card was 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 farcical, and so and the substitution after that as well, yeah. where they, they were just they were running the clock down so early in well, the it, game. And, and and it's interesting that that, that uh, Gary Johnson afterwards, um, he, he he came out and old pro that he is mm -hmm. said no 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 no. I'm not blaming Bitterick well you would have wanted he said, us to do reason, it as well exactly yeah. the reason why we lost why we didn't win the game <laughs> sorry nearly yeah. went down the loss uh, didn't win the game was first it was our fault mm -hmm. and secondly it's the referees where if you want to have a go on the time wasting issue for not having done something about it before the 91st minute which was when he finally booked Alan yeah. Julian the referee um, for Time wasting. Yeah. Well, this is the goal, Billericay goalkeeper, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Uh, uh, and you know, as we mentioned the Herald Express this week, you know, is that not the stable door and the horse bolting? Yeah. You know, it's a joke. You you can't. You, there's no point waiting till stoppage time before booking somebody for time wasting. No. If you do it in the 70th minute or 15 minutes from time, they're not going to they're, they're going to stop, aren't they? But you're actually achieving nothing by doing no. it then. Um, and uh, yeah, so that, that that suitably wound up the Playmore crowd. But I must say, Adam Coombs' departure was it was almost entertaining in the end, wasn't it? Because well, there, it, it, he took there was a lot so, of laughter, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah he took yeah. so long to leave the field, yeah. and of course, he's already been given a red card. 
what else does the referee do apart from pick him up and carry him off? Yeah, yeah. he can't. He yeah. can't turn a yellow into a red because no. he's already got one. He can't physically push him off the pitch. Although we can all think of a few refs down the years who probably would have had a go. Cyril Knowles, bless him, would have probably run, run onto the pitch and manhandled him off, which would have caused didn't another. We see him run. do that once. Yeah, he, he did, he did, he did, did that once, yeah, didn't he? Yeah, he did. yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so uh, it was farcical in the end, wasn't yeah. it? How long he took to leave the pitch. Um, and it, and he, but in fact, it turned. They'd already just equalised, mm. and it actually played. That's exactly what they wanted to happen. They wanted to break the game up straight away, yeah. slow everything down, and they did. Yeah. And um, you know, okay, have United done it in the past on occasions? Yes, they have. I must say, I don't think they've been quite as bad as that. But no. but yeah, so you can't adopt the high ground too much. But there is a referee out there. Mm. to sort it and to stop it yeah yeah but the, I mean there were plus points from the Billericay game I mean um, Jean-Yves Kouaniati scored one and very nearly got another one in the yeah, second half I, as well I, I, look the plus points for me was walked into the ground at the start of the match no Jake Andrews no Opie Edwards no Aza Hall no George Essieman etc 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 yeah hang on a minute We've got Billy Ricky here today. If Jake Robinson is fit and plays, and of course in the end he was fit, but he didn't play, didn't come off the bench, a draw might not be a bad result here today. No, we said that before the game, didn't we? We'd and, probably and, have taken a point before yeah, the game. Yeah, okay, call us pessimistic, but uh, you know, it, we did not have our strongest team out. No. Um, uh, there, Ruri Keating, bless him, is playing on the left wing. Ruri Keating may be many things, but a left winger he isn't. But Having said that, tactically, uh, um, uh, Gary Johnson and his backup team got that spot on because they had spotted in uh, um, spying reports that the two, um, uh, Kizzy on the right and Kennedy yeah. on the left, like to get forward a lot. And by playing um, uh, 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 Rory Keating out on yeah. the left wing, it yeah. helped to stop that, that flow of attacks. And I thought it went a long way to negating uh, Billericke. Yeah. And let's face it, I'm pretty sure on the stats that I took, the two goals they scored were virtually the only two goals they had on shot on, yeah. uh, shots on target they had in the whole match. And of course, one of them was into an empty net uh, after yeah. a bit of a, a mess up in, in United's defence. Um, so, uh, yes, it, it was disappointing that United... Mm. Uh, yes, and sorry, getting back to, the, to yeah. how we felt beforehand. And even with that team, and I thought Billericke looked quite lively for five or ten minutes at the start of the match, we go in at half time, two up, yeah, uh, and probably should have been three if Rory Keating gets on the end of, yeah. of Ben Winter's cross at one nil. Um, and the other plus for me was, if that's the best that the league has got to offer, okay, Billericke probably weren't on absolute top form on Saturday. No. They will look back and say, well, that definitely wasn't one of our best performances. But come on. United can do this in this league this season yeah. on that yeah. evidence. Welling are the only team at the top that they haven't played yet. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and we don't know about them. But we've played nearly everybody else now, yeah. uh, especially of the, of, the, of the teams up there. Um, and, of course, you know, Wheelston went straight back above United on Monday night by, by winning. Um, and, uh, uh, um, you know, it's... It's doable, isn't it? Oh, it is. On that evidence. Yeah, it is. And, and Torquay are beginning to look like a team that can uh, that can carry on moving up. Especially with, their, places, with, their, with their, their strongest team. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, uh, that wasn't their strongest team. Um, uh, and 
you know, you, you with all due respect to the, the lads, obviously you've got lads like Calvin Kalala still trying to settle into the club and into English football. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, um, and he would probably be the first to admit it. Um, you know, you've got Keating on the left wing. Uh, um, there's, there's, you know, you, yeah. you would stick Opie Edwards and Jake Andrews back into that side and I'd have fancied winning that game last Saturday. Now, we're talking on Thursday here. The club press conference isn't until tomorrow. Nope. But did you know any news on the injured players at the moment? No, not not as we speak. Um, I think quite a lot of them are close now. Yeah. Uh, and I would have thought that before um, Saturday's FA Cup tie against Woking, um, uh, they would they would hope that at least a couple of them are back. Yeah. Um, I think people like Essiemann and Jamie Sandals white they're another... Ten days, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah. but but not too long, uh, and of course we still haven't had any definite version yet on Sammy and Naby's red card at at um, Western Supermare. No. Obviously, United appealed against that. Um, he wouldn't have been banned anyway for Saturday, for last Saturday, yeah. because at National League South level, a uh, suspension start a week after the offence rather than the next match. Okay, but they've appealed. They've appealed yeah. anyway. Uh, and, and we haven't. Well, I as of today, I haven't heard the the, uh, yeah. the upshot of that. And having seen that one um, on the video this morning, <laughs> when you see how hard that shot was hit and how um, high it bounces off Naby into the stand behind the goal, it it's come off his shoulder, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's not. And uh, and at quite close range. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, well, what is it? Eight yards away, mm. ten yards away, yeah. and the bloke's cracked it isn't yeah. it yeah so even if the referee's going to give a penalty it's it's a harsh red card well I think so yeah uh, um, apart from anything else if the ball had hit him on the upper arm or the referee thinks that he'd hit him on the upper arm or chest stroke arm yeah. well it ain't flying over the bar like it did no. is it uh, uh, it, the point, the reason why it ballooned over the bar was because it hit him on the point of the shoulder, or yeah. certainly appears to, because that's the hard part of the shoulder, yeah. and it flew and it flew off over the bar. I I'm not quite sure. Even if Samir Nabi has kind of like half turned, yeah, uh, uh, or either through self protection or just instinct, hmm. I still don't see how that's a how, how that warrants a red card. No. It's not like he's moved his arm towards the ball. It's not like his arm is in a, quotes unnatural position, and we'll get into all of that in a minute. Or well, yeah, uh, I mean, and it just seemed he's given the penalty. Yeah. That's what, you know, that's one thing. Um, uh, but to send him off as well, I, I, I thought was, was, was pretty harsh yeah. in the circumstances. And, you know, let's face it, we, we know how, well, if we were playing, we'd be, you know, I'm sure in, the, in, in heated moments of instinct, you know, your arm or your elbow or your shoulder does yeah. go out from time to time, and that's the you have to pay the price accordingly. But I thought in that particular case, Nabby was was you know very unlucky that to be sent off. That was harsh. But you were saying in the paper this week, there's some discussion over the whole concept of of handball and deliberate well, handball. The, the the ruling bodies are are currently uh, uh, considering a whole range of options. Uh, on this and other matters, and there are various things which they're considering. We understand which you'd go along with. Yeah. Uh, like um, uh, when substitutes are made, the players should go to the nearest touchline. <laughs> well, that would put an end. That to... would have saved a bit of time on Saturday, <laughs> wouldn't it? <laughs> on, yes. On Saturday. Yeah. Uh, no substitutions during stoppage time. Yeah. At the end of halves, you know, i.e., to stop this. Yeah. Again, Makes slowing sense. of, of yeah. games down, that sort of stuff. Fine, but they are also 
seriously considering removing the word deliberate from the handball law. Mm. Now, so any any handball is a handball. It's been enshrined yeah. Yeah. in the handball law. That word, that intent, that yeah. deliberate word has been in there since time immemorial. Because handball is has obviously the principle of handball yeah. is that a player has handled the ball to either yeah. stop a goal or or you know prevent an a, an opportunity. Now to take that out. I think you're moving the whole thing. Yeah. Well, and I think we all know, and I'm no doubt the people who have sat around the table um, uh, at the uh, IFAB are, are well aware of this. But is this a step too far in trying to cover all these angles? You, you're, you, we've already moved into yeah. uh, phrases constantly. One of the problems with this is, is that the lawmakers... They don't actually change the law. This is they keep introducing guidelines. Yeah. So yeah. they can't be accused of changing the law, but they introduce guidelines like um, uh, um, intent, uh, 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 taking advantage, seeking an advantage. Yeah. Uh, uh, arms in unnatural positions. Yeah. yeah. Whatever they yes. are. Uh, but it's so almost impossible to police. Isn't it is. It, yeah. it is, and of course the, the the poor guys that have to interpret all of this stuff are the, are the referees, as if they haven't got a hard mm. enough job as it is. Um, and one of the proposals that we understand is up for is, is up for discussion is the possibility of referees having to judge whether an arms are above eight above the the the, the angles of eight o'clock and four o'clock <laughs> on, on on either side of the body. Now, <laughs> come on, that's the referees have got enough to do haven't they, they have already absolutely yeah. uh, and i can't help thinking not me and I, uh, obviously we're just sat sat around discussing it i'm sure many fans do exactly the same as us you know sometimes change doesn't always equal progress mm. the referees have been out there refereeing games for, since time immemorial making decisions some of them right most of them right the yeah. vast majority of them right uh, then they're now in a situation where they're being asked increasingly to be mind readers, mm. uh, um, to make decisions on on such fine margins, uh, especially since the offside law has been yeah, and under massive scrutiny as well. And under increasing, yeah. that's the yeah. one thing for me that's changed about football. Nothing else has changed. Everybody keeps pretending, oh, the game's different now. The game's changed now. No, it hasn't. You know. Uh, 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 mentioned in the Herald this week, people say, "Oh, it's quicker now." What quicker yeah. than Rodney Jack? Yeah, that was a good point. Yeah, and, I don't um, think so. No, uh, uh, and and uh, you know, players bigger and stronger. What bigger than Alex Watson and stronger than John Impey and mm. and uh, better tacklers than Alan Little? <laughs> Come on, no, no, no. The game hasn't changed, but the stuff around it has changed. Yeah, and you're quite right to point out. The scrutiny has changed. It's intense, the replays isn't it? Has, yeah. has changed, especially at the top level. Absolutely, ridiculous. Absolutely, yeah. uh, uh, and and you know we don't get those instant replays at Talk United. They come two or three days later, when actually quite healthily most people have calmed down by then. And, yeah. and then, yeah. unless you get an incident like poor old Jamie Reed, where it's tra trawled up days later. But 
no, that's fine, and we all love it. We, we, we all love the replays, we love the talk, we love the arguments, we love... Go- I mean, <laughs> we were sitting at Playmore last Saturday and the referee's wife, we understand, was yeah. sitting just in front of us. I was, um, was going to say, on the referee, when you're a season ticket holder, check you're not sitting next to the referee's wife. Yeah, before yeah. so we understand it was yes. her. And, and, of course, she got up and left <laughs> shortly before half-time because there was a fair bit of flack flying around. I thought she was fine. She wasn't, she wasn't sort of emotionally distressed or anything like that. Like that, but um, uh, it, it's that's what that's the lifeblood of the game, yeah. isn't it? Of yeah. course, of course, it is. You know, uh, t- to this day, Chesterfield supporters will believe they should have been in the FA Cup final in nineteen whenever it was when yeah. that ball was over the line uh, in the FA Cup semi final. Uh, uh, Frank Lampard's goal against Germany yeah. in the World Cup should have been given. It was over the line. It's part of the folklore of the game now, isn't it? Yeah. And, and yeah. all of these rights and wrongs. But sooner or later, and, and I get back to this thing with American football, they tried to do this a few years ago, yeah. take all these very fine decisions up to the TV replays in the high in the stands, and an already disjointed game was slowed down even more. More gaps, more yeah. fans sitting on seats with nothing to do except look at each other for a few minutes while they sorted it out, and they stopped it. They threw the whole thing back at the referees and said, that's what we're paying you for. You make it. the decisions, yeah. and we'll back you 99 times out of 100. And I can't help thinking that handball is difficult enough as it is. Yeah. The ball is flying around the penalty area. If a ref, Let the ref decide yeah. whether they think it's handball or not. The ref on Saturday felt that Jamie Reid, for instance, you know, yeah. had died yeah. for a penalty. We disagreed with it, or, you know, he. Yeah, I think we, we do. Think it was yeah, a bit I think we do. Yeah. The referee at Western Supermare last Tuesday night um, thought it was a handball. Mm. Okay, that's his decision. We discuss it, we all get upset about it, poor old Sammy Nabbit, and they have a chance to look at it again as to whether his red yeah. card was right or not. That's always been the lifeblood of the game, to try and sort of almost cover all these angles yeah. in, in the name of some sort of, you know, perfect world that we all know doesn't exist. You know, let the refs get on with it. It's hard enough as it is yeah. without more guidelines being thrown at them every single season. I mean, the offside law, you know... First say first phase, oh, second phase. Impossible. Is he trying yeah. to take advantage? You know, is he not trying to take advantage? You know, uh, um, it, it's uh, re- balls going one way, players going the other, etc., etc., etc. It's 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 put referees and linesmen under so much pressure. Yeah. And of course, the replays and the VAR and the technology only really exists at a top at the absolute top level yeah, so if we're not careful you're going to have referees refereeing a certain way at one level of the game yeah at I, a different I, level at another i think you probably already have because you know the referee on saturday knows that you know whatever his decisions are they're not somebody's not going to put a slide rule on them and a, a computer graphic on them to see if he's got everything exactly right no so. and, and i'm sure he didn't referee the game with that in mind no. but but he just gets out there and does the best job he yeah. can he, uh, uh, he, Scott Jackson, you know, we, we had a referee at Wheelston the other week, Phil Staining, he's called, by the way, and yeah. he's he's bloody good. Yeah. You know, and he was terrific, absolutely terrific. And I I'm, think Brett Huxtable used to referee games from North Devon, didn't he, at play? Yeah. Everybody hated him. 
Everybody thought he was the worst referee, couldn't handle and, men. Until blah, blah, the last blah, blah, game blah. he did, when everybody thought, hang on a minute, yeah. he actually refereed a, a tough game really well, That's didn't right, he? and now he's refereeing at a level, okay, yeah. I, I haven't seen him recently, I, I wouldn't know whether he's good, bad or indifferent. But, you know, let them get on with it, yeah. let them get on with it, we'll all argue about it later, we'll call them this and, and managers will have a go, etc, etc. Twas ever thus. Yeah. It's been going on ever since people first kicked the ball around competitively. And uh, to try and start introducing things like, is the arm above eight o'clock or, or four o'clock, etc. <laughs> that is ludicrous. You know, you, you're going to end up up your own jacksy if you're not careful. Yeah. And, and uh, um, you know, let them get on with it. Yeah. Let them get on with it. The, rule, the laws are there. The laws are there. They're not, they haven't, most of them haven't changed. By the way, one law that hasn't changed is the goalkeeper in six seconds. No, you... But that's never enforced, is it? It's never <laughs> Why enforced. Why is that not enforced? That would be the fastest way to stop time wasting yeah. instantly. But the six-second law is still in the laws yeah. of the game. Everybody, most people actually think it's been kind of like sidelined no, or still pushed there, out. No, it's it? still yeah. there. Yeah. And yet, how, how, often, how often is that um, uh, 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 imposed? What about delaying free kicks, players standing over free kicks? That used to be yeah. a bookable offence. Yeah. You used to be able to... The, the player about to take the free kick, if a, if a defending player stood over the ball and the, and the, and the attacking player kicked it <laughs> kicked it at him, you ran the risk of getting yeah. booked. Yeah. No referee... Seen it happen. Now. No, what, no. They, get, they, get, they, get a, they get away with it. Not away with it, but they get over it yeah. by saying, wait for my whistle. Which, of course, takes all the advantage of a yeah. quick free kick away. Does. Does indeed. Um, but... But I tell you what, players wouldn't stand over free kicks if if if, if a few of them got no. booked pretty quick, would they? Now, I don't know who the referee is on Saturday. I know, but I'm I made a note of it. Declan Bourne, he's called. Declan, yeah, Declan Bourne. Bourne. I'm not quite sure where he's him? from. No, no, I don't think we've had him this season. But it's going to be a tight game. Let's move on to Saturday, the FA Cup first round. Talking United versus Woking. Yep. Playmore, three o'clock kickoff. Not on TV. Um, very very important. And it's going to be a close game, isn't it? They always are with Woking. They knocked us out of the cup two years two ago. Years ago. Yeah. Uh, we've drawn 2-2 with them at Playmore already this yeah. season. With, with, a, with a, an opposite of last Saturday. We were two down at uh, Gary Johnson's first home game. Yeah. Two down at half-time, uh, which he always looks back on now and says, I'm, I'm pleased that it gave me the opportunity to yeah. uh, show them the other side of me. And he steamed <laughs> in at half-time. This was the game where he made the substitutions, substitutions. just before the break, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. including uh, Rory Keating, took off Rory Keating yeah. and Chris Regis. More talk about him in a moment. Um, and United came back, played very well in the second half and drew two all. Well, I mean, Talkie Woking, it's too close to call, isn't it? We, the, the bookies have got Talkie down as, as narrow favourites, but uh, it's not going to be an easy game, is it? There's some decent players in that Woking well, before, squad. Before the, the, the draw, we were all thinking, <coughs> give, us a, give us a good draw, give us a good draw, give us a good draw. And we came out home to Woking. Yeah. And one or two people thought, oh, Woking. You were quite right to flag up the fact they could have been Burton away. Yeah, um, at least it's a home game, isn't and it? And everybody yeah. in the wake of it thought, no, that'll do, that's, that's, that's okay. Yeah. Hold on a minute, this will be one tough match on Saturday. Yeah. It's hugely important to both clubs, financially apart from anything else. There's 30, a lot of money at stake, isn't it? 36,000 yeah. quid at stake on Saturday. Yeah. Um, you know, that pays, <laughs> pays some bills, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. 
Um, There'll be a big crowd in as well. They'll bring thought, they'll so bring a lot. They usually do. They 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 are well supported yeah. away from home. It's normal first team prices, uh, and although I haven't really dug hard on that, I'm pretty sure. Uh, again, it's a question of you have to clear it with the away club if you want to cut prices, yeah. which of course United did in the previous round against Winchester. Um, so everybody has to pay normal first team prices, but. Uh, uh, the next round obviously is the round before the third yeah um, United are still unbeaten in nine games under under Gary Johnson they don't want that run to end no um, and just at the moment the cup has been great for United this oh, season, it has. Hasn't yeah. It? Uh, yeah after all those years of famine um, all of a sudden United have managed to win three cup ties yes they've been against Limington Brightling Sea Regent and Winchester City yeah. now we're getting to the the nitty gritty, and as you've quite rightly pointed out, uh, um, this this will be nitty and gritty. Tough game as well. They've got some good players working. We like Max Kretschmer. We like Jake Hyde. Yeah, uh, and of course Ben Gehring is in their side at the moment. Torquay born and bred. Yeah, um, and of course has played for United uh, in in the past. Um, he he had a very very good season at Truro City last year when they captained them to the to the playoffs. Got a move to uh, Billericay in the summer. Yeah. Didn't quite work out. Went back to Truer on loan for a little while, <clears throat> and has now joined Woking and is is in the heart of their defence. Um, this will be a big day for him. Yeah. Um, back against his hometown club. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah, they've got some plenty of good players. Harvey Bradbury up front, the striker who was scoring loads of goals, has been injured recently, so not quite sure whether he'll be back. Um, they've got a young midfield player called Toby Edser, who's on loan from Nottingham Forest. Yeah. Who's been playing very well for them. Um, and uh, and two wingers who who I thought both did well at Playmore when United played here during that first half where they really carried it to United. Yeah. Uh, Nicky Wheeler on the left and Greg Lure on the right, both sort of classy wingers. Uh, no, this will be a tough th- game. Th- this will be a tough old game. And at this stage, we don't know whether we'll have Jake Andrews, Opie Edwards, or Asa Hall. I don't think Asa Hall again. will be back. Back. He's going to be another. You know, ten days, I yeah. think. But I, I'm sure Gary Johnson is, is is trying to do everything he can to get. To, well, yeah. he uh, it's not his call, but um, uh, to get Jake Andrews and Opie Edwards available. Opie Edwards picked up a thigh strain um, it, at Western Supermare last week. Yeah. He wasn't far away last Saturday, but with these lads from Bristol City, uh, you have to be guided by the parent yeah. club, and that yeah. they, they simply will not allow uh, these promising young players to play. Uh, you know, uh, in in, uh, in in games like this, uh, you you might nudge them into a playoff final and say, "Oh, please, can they play?" Yeah. But not not at this stage of the season. And quite right that's too. understandable, though, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But um, here's hoping. We'll, we'll by this time tomorrow, we'll know. And there's another game at Playmore on Tuesday night as well. There's the a, games come thick and fast. We're, we're in a little spell, aren't we? We're, 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 this is this is a, a kind of a important little spell stroke Truro ground share. Uh, yeah. um, because yeah. uh, um, after United play Woking on Saturday, Truro played Dulwich Handley in a league match at Playmore on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, rearranged. And uh, United then play St Albans in a rearranged game on Tuesday night. Yeah. And Concord Rangers next Saturday, Saturday week. So that's four games in nine days. Yeah. Uh, and this is exactly, of course, the scenario which. A lot of people feared when the when the Truro ground share was first announced. And if um, if Torquay stay in the cup, uh, plus there's the FA Trophy draw to be done. In. Uh, draw is on Monday, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. 
So there's a lot of games coming up, and potentially a lot of games coming up. There Truro, is. of course, will be in the FA Trophy draw, so they've got another game so, coming So in. this two-match weekend, which is yeah. coming up this week, could well easily be repeated. Um, but, of course, this comes against the background of Truro have announced that they are yeah. going back to Truro Road. Uh, the the $64,000 question is when? Um, yeah, no, uh, no date has been put on that yet, has it? No, Peter Masters, the chairman, has said he certainly hopes it will be by the beginning of December. Well, let's face it, that's it's only two and a half weeks away, isn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, well, give it three. Um, or certainly by Christmas. Uh, apparently, this all depends on an official confirmation from the owners of the Triu gra- yeah. Road ground that... They're happy with this happening. There will be no... They won't need the ground for anything between now and next summer, which I think everybody thinks is the case. But I think Peter Masters is just waiting for... um, see it in black and white. But uh, what do they do next year? If it's next summer when the the ground owners... That's your phone, Dave. That's that's got to be a fine, hasn't it? It has. (laughs) But, um, you know, if, if Truro... Are thinking of moving back there, yeah. but then at the end of next season, surely they'll be in exactly the same position again. Yes, uh, and but then at least that is, uh, you know, uh, um, will have to be handled yeah. then, uh, yeah. uh, and it may not involve Playmore by that stage, uh, because I think in the wake of the um, uh, experience at Playmore yeah. and the gates they've attracted. Surely Truro would look for something closer to home yeah. if they can't play at Truro Road next year. Um, so it does look very much as if we'll have a road trip on New Year's Day, though. It does. It won't be. We'll a, be it won't be a plain more double header. We'll be off to the land of legend on New Year's Day, <laughs> Boxing Day, and New Year's yeah. Day, because the United obviously are home on the Boxing Day and quotes away on, yeah. on New Year's Day. Um, but no, uh, it's uh, um, uh, this fixture thing is is. Problematic. Up yeah. to now, the expertise of Chris Ralph and Julian Goulthorpe, the ground staff, plus some pretty good weather. Up yeah, to now, it's just on the turn a bit now, though, isn't it? To keep yeah. the pitch in remarkably good condition, and the ground share has worked, yeah. if that's what you, you want to call it, and, and fine. Uh, but uh, winter is starting to set in now, isn't it? And yeah. um, uh, uh, the pitches are getting softer the damage will get greater. Uh, and when you've got four senior games in nine days, um, you know, sat- last Saturday against Billericay was the 27th match to be played at yeah. Playmore in the first three and a half months of the season. That's a lot, isn't it? And that's, yeah. that's what you normally play in a whole, yeah. in a whole eight months, uh, eight and a half months. The so pitch has got to be pretty bulletproof to stand up to that. It has, it, yeah. it has. Uh, just before we leave the St Albans game next Tuesday, uh, Jason Banton is at St Albans on no. loan at the moment, but he won't play against us. No, he's not allowed to play against United in a league match. Uh, however, however, <laughs> United have um, said he can play for them in the FA Trophy. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I presume. Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen the small print of the deal. I don't know whether there's a phrase in unless St Albans is drawn against Torquay United. I, I'm not quite sure. But he definitely won't be available for the match next Tuesday. Um, St Albans are going pretty well, by the way. So that, that'll yeah. be a tough one. Um, and so will Concord Rangers the following Saturday. These are clubs that are all in a, in a big yeah. group. 
They're level um, on Concord Rangers are level on points with us, aren't they? Yeah, there, there, there's a massive span of about, I think it's about four or five points covering a dozen teams yeah. in the middle of the table, middle of the table technically. Yeah. Um, and United, as other teams play, keep bobbing in and out of the playoff zone. Um, but uh, and I suppose, as Gary Johnson was very quick to point out, the, the disappointment of last Saturday from him was that we still got seven points to catch up on Villarreal yeah. as opposed to yeah. four if we'd won. Um, but there's a long way to go. There is. While we're on the subject of, uh, of players who are playing elsewhere, Chris Regis um, has got himself a move. Yeah, uh, Chris Regis was one of four players who were told by Johnson a few weeks ago that you know they could go out and see if they could find themselves another club. Yeah. Um, Bobson Balling quite quickly went to Oxford. Uh, Andre Wright has since joined. Uh, on loan, by yeah. the way, balling. Um, Andre Wright subsequently got himself a move to Gloucester, where former United defender Chris Told is the new yeah. manager. Um, uh, Jason Banton's at St Albans, and Chris Regis has been training with a number of clubs, and he's now gone, um, uh, cancelled his contract by mutual consent of Plainmore, and joined Wheelstone, where, of course, United played and won 3 yeah. 0 uh, 10 days ago. Wish him all the best. Yeah, no, didn't absolutely. quite work yeah. out for him, did it? No, uh, um, and I think you know Gary Johnson had to make some reasonably quick decisions when he arrived and inherited, you know, a, fa- a fairly big squad. Of course, injuries have cut into that yeah. since. Um, but it's the type of thing that very often happens when a new manager comes in. Uh, he has a a look yeah. over the first few weeks, and he did. Um, uh, United when they were one at Hungerford. Uh, Chris Regis played there. He scored at Lymington in the next he match, did, yeah. and was then one of the two players who was taken off just before half time against yeah. Woking. Uh, and in the wake of that, he joined. Uh, uh, that th- those four players um, uh, were. If it, I, I think Gary Johnson was at pains to say, look, if it doesn't work out for them wherever they're going and training, they you know yeah. they are under contract and they can come back here. Hmm. Um, uh, but the message tends to be, yeah, well. You know, you're not going to be in my first team next week. Put it like that, um, and players like Regis have to take that yeah. on board and see if they can move on. And he has. And we're saying Bobson Balling's loan. Um, it, he's on loan at Oxford City at yeah. the moment. Uh, how long a loan is that? Uh, that's up, as far as I know. Yeah. So, um, I, as we speak, probably decisions will be made. I yeah. think if you're doing reasonably well there, um, dis- decisions will be made on, yeah. on whether that's extended. Uh, not quite sure what's happening there at the moment. Now, interestingly, going back to Saturday's game against Billericay, on the bench was Olaf Kozella, yep. who's a player, a sixteen-year-old lad that we're all looking forward to seeing a lot more of. And of course, in an FA Cup game on Saturday, the bench is bigger. Seven. So you have seven, seven players subs. on the bench. So there's every possibility that Olaf could be on the bench again on Saturday. Yeah. In your piece in the paper this week, Gary was saying some quite interesting things about you know what a mature player he is and one or two other of the youth players. Well, we had a glimpse of him um, in pre-season. He went on, uh, I think it was about the 85th minute, but with a bit of stoppage time turn added yeah. on, it turned into 10 or 12 minutes of action against Plymouth Argyle in a pre-season game. Um, he, he's, he's come out of the Torquay Academy side, scored buckets of goals and still is yeah. for them. Um, but the thing that impressed me when in the little cameo that we saw of him against Plymouth and has continued to do so is that, um, you know, at youth team level, he sticks the ball in the back of the net for pastime. Yeah, yeah he's, he's clearly a very good player at that level. But it was the way he just came on against Plymouth and didn't try and do anything flash. 
uh, I can't remember him giving the ball away. No, he, the he looked he as if he off. belonged, he didn't did. he? He yeah. did. Uh, and one of the real good things about United's sort of week, week in, week out uh, this season has been that half a dozen of their best, of those best academy lads have been training with United's first team on a regular yeah. basis, usually on a Thursday. Um, and uh, it's been great for them. Yeah. It's given Gary Johnson uh, and Gary Hours before him a chance to have a look and see mm-hmm. you know, where they are in, in, the, in their progression. Uh, it helps the first team because it's some extra numbers. Yeah. It brings them on in terms of them learning what you need to do to, 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 to aspire to first team level. And in the last week or so, Olaf Casella has been playing, uh, has been training with United really quite regularly, yeah. more than the other lads, and he's fitting his studies around that. Um, and uh, they clearly like the look of him. Yeah. And he's not the only one, in fairness. You've got people, lads like Josh Baxter, Cole Harford. Yeah, um, who's also been scoring goals for the youth team, and Josh Baxter is another one who's lined up for a pro contract, isn't That's he? That's right. When he turns when, seventeen, when he turns yeah. seventeen, which I'm not sure when he's seventeen. March is 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 when yeah. um, Olaf Casella would, and of course, if he comes on on Saturday, and if he had come on last Saturday, he would have been the fifth youngest player. Yeah, we were trying to work this out. Yeah, weren't we? yeah, yeah. No, we, we've nailed it now. I think the fifth youngest player yeah. ever to uh, to pull on a first team competitive first team shirt uh, for United. You're going to name the other four. I have got a paper here. Just yeah, in no, case. Uh, the, yeah. the, the, the other four are, are the, the youngest of the lot was was uh, sixteen years yeah. and thirty six days was David Bing. Yeah. Um, at Walsall in 1993, the opening game of that season, United had quite a lot of injuries and. And uh, they had to throw this young, strapping, sixteen-year-old yeah. trainee centre forward in. And of course, as anybody who was at the Bescot Stadium, the new Bescot Stadium in those days, yeah, uh, will relate. He scored twice, and United won uh, yeah. at Walsall, and uh, he was promptly left out for the next game at Hereford in the, the League Cup. I remember that really. I was in the Herald Express office that Saturday afternoon. We were watching the teletext, which, uh, obviously in the days before internet and things like that, to see the scores come up. And Torquay took the lead through Bing, Bing, you yeah. know, who, <laughs> who is this? had no idea who yeah. he was. Yeah. And then he went and scored again. So yeah, Donna was, um, was the, yeah. the player manager in those days. And of course, that was the season 93-94 where United reached the playoff semi-finals yeah. and lost to Preston. Um, uh, Lee Sharp, yeah. a young 16 when, when he made his debut uh, in a local derby at Exeter. Yeah. Jim McNichol header, 1-0, thank you very much. Um, Phil Sandercott, way back in the yeah. dimmer and distant of past, um, 1969, made his debut as a 16-year-old at Brighton. And the fourth one is Dean Stevens, yeah. a local lad, uh, a striker who we all thought at one stage was going to be the next big thing. Never quite made it, but a very good player and has yeah. since had a long amateur career. Um, a good lad and a really good player. Yeah. Um, he made his debut about 2002, I think, and he was yeah. also... So all of those four were younger 16s than, than Olaf, Olaf will yeah. be uh, if he comes on. And let's, uh, let's hope that in the next not-too-distant future, Gary Johnson has a chance either through f- good situation to send him on in, uh, on in or yeah. maybe, Olaf, go off and get us a goal, will you? <laughs> well, manager has to be careful, doesn't he? Because there were one or two people around us on Saturday when things were not going very well in the second half who were saying, chuck Olaf on. Yeah. 
Um, but it has to be a bit more considered than just chucking him on. Yeah, it? of course it does. I mean, we all know moments where young lads have come on and managed to do something. Obviously, David being started that game. Yeah. Um, uh, players have gone on and, and yeah. done something, you know, extraordinary in their first few. Uh, who was that centre forward from Morton Hampstead? Tom came on and scored with a um, a diving header. I think it was against Rotherham. When he was 17, 18 year olds, he was a, 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 yeah. a trainee uh, back in the, that was in the 2000s, early 2000s. Oh, you've got yeah. me there. Yeah, no, um, and I'm ashamed of myself for not That's one for, for June, Julian, no. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, so these things happen. Yeah. Um, but you, d- you do have to be a bit careful. And of course, it's always about knowing how old a 16 or how old yeah. a 17 you're dealing with. There are some lads who are already inside them a mm. kind of men at that age yeah. and there are others that aren't um, and uh, uh, we all hope and I think United think that Olaf Kazela is Yeah, we, l- we like the who, cut of his jib don't we? Yeah, that's yeah. right you yeah. know, that, that, that if Gary was to turn to him with 20 minutes to go on Saturday and so yeah. in other words he wouldn't be quaking in his boots put it like no. that I'm sure he would be nervous but uh, uh, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't be going I can't handle this so on the reaching the end of our agenda, but on any other business today, you were getting a little bit vexed before we came on the air about this European yeah. I must super, stop vexed, super duper league or whatever. handball laws and all that sort of stuff should calm down a bit, really. But let's talk for a moment about the, the this latest well, wacky proposal for a, a European super league or, or whatever they're going well, to call it this time. It feels a little bit like an old chestnut, doesn't it? It does, and, and it's another. In other words, we've been this, down this road before. But Der Spiegel, the German uh, uh, newspaper, yeah. uh, and they don't very often get it wrong, uh, uh, broke this story. They'd seen emails and evidence from these yeah. little group of clubs, and we all know the ones who are involved, yeah. um, about forming a Super League. And of course, in fairness, the ruling bodies of FIFA and UEFA have come out and slammed this. And, yeah. and uh, I think even people in the government have turned around and said, look, mm. this, is, this is not good. But of course... Then you start thinking, well, who are the people running these clubs? You know, yeah. the, the, most of them are overseas owners, mm-hmm. although I think in Spain they're not. Um, uh, Barcelona, of course, are owned by yeah. their fans mostly. But the, um, and the only kind of sanctions, surely, that UEFA and FIFA could put on them would be to stop their players playing internationally, which, or which like has that. already been suggested, hasn't yeah. it? But deep down, you, you can't think, well, hold on a minute. If you're a Man United fan, yeah, do you seriously want to play, be looking forward to a game against Paris Saint-Germain, with all due respect to Paris Saint-Germain, or Atletico Madrid on Saturday, yeah, or Leeds United if they get promoted this season, yeah, Aston Villa if they get promoted this season? This is what British fans want to see on a Saturday. Uh, uh, Old Trafford, and this is the level of club we're talking about, Manchester City, Arsenal, yeah. Liverpool, those grounds are packed Yeah. to see home games against Burnley, with all due respect to Burnley, Southampton, Fulham. Yeah. Now, you you lift people, clubs like Sheffield Wednesday, uh, yeah. uh, Leeds United, Aston Villa, etc. Well, et almost et anybody at exactly. the top half of the championship. I've been to that yeah. Premier League. You know, that's who British fans want yeah. to see. Uh, even the, the, the Man Uniteds of this world. 
that's our lifeblood. But then that's what that's what matters to people in this country. But and then you you come to the big sort out as to whether the game belongs to the fans, which is where we want it to be, or whether the game belongs to TV companies and big business and banks and airlines and all that kind of thing. You're right, but in a way, even them, yeah, beware what they wish for, because mm. very quickly, I tell you what, there will be empty seats at Man United v Paris Saint Germain quicker than there will yeah. be Man United against Leeds if that happens next season. Uh, that's what you're looking at. It's almost as if the people running these clubs, or too many of them anyway, and the TV chiefs are so distant yeah. from the actual attitudes yeah. of the fans and, 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 and what they want. It's, 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 they've long ago stopped it's a worrying about different that. different game, isn't it? But Completely different. You get that wrong... Yeah. And you, you look at American football at the moment. They are worrying big time about the fans starting mm. to turn away from American football. If your team isn't winning every week, you, you and I probably watch American football, we watch baseball. These are huge sports in America. Yeah. Multi, multi, multi-million people. The players over there are paid far more than even the majority of, of superstars in this country. Yeah. And you see vast tracts of empty seats. Yeah in those stadiums. Now, the TV companies covering football in this country, which is very expensive to watch already at Mm -hmm. Premier League level, the one thing, the reason why the Premier League, or one of the main reasons why the Premier League is still the golden thing in terms of TV coverage, is because the grounds are packed every single week. There are no empty terraces. You know, it just doesn't happen, or the vast majority of them are. And... Man United against Leeds, Man United against Aston Villa. That's what people want to see. Yeah. And, and all the other good games uh, that are going on. I, I just don't see where this... Don't get me wrong. If people had been banging on the table saying, we want to see Man United against Real Madrid every week. We yeah. want to see Man City against Bayern Munich every week. I don't see where this no. is coming from. It's not the fans aren't calling for this, are they? And presumably that means the destruction of the Champions League anyway. There you go. So the Champions League quite ceases to... So all pretense about who's actually in charge of the game goes straight out. Yeah, window. yeah. Um, it, it's just, it's A, it's wrong, and B, it's a massive mistake mm-hmm. because it would be such a short-term thing, I'm convinced, yeah. that, 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 that... And the moment those empty seats start appearing, yeah, panic stations... Yeah. There we go. We're in charge of the game, David. The fans well, are in charge. We're of not. The game. We know that. But but for goodness' sake, you know, everybody keep their thinking caps on. Part yeah. of the problem, of course, is that in Spain, with all due respect, everybody knows that the championship is going to be won by even fewer clubs than it is in this country. Now. Yeah. In Germany, it's similar. In Italy, it's similar. France you don't as have, well. And yeah. France definitely yeah. the yeah. same. You don't have this depth of. I mean, and let's face it, we're all we've all been sort of mourning the fact that that the the, the, the the Premier League. We all know who's going to win the Premier League. It's always a group of about four clubs. Yeah. In fact, a lot of the excitement in the Premier League, not that you and I get lose lose too much sleep over it, is actually the relegation battle yeah. each season. Yeah. That's what interest the wider country who's going down mm. and the great obviously the how, how and the disaster of of what happens if you get relegated um uh, the fact that man city we probably know that even as we speak i mean even 
Sarri at Chelsea has been saying over the last few weeks, well, we're not ready to win the, champ- the, the, the Premier League. Well, if they're not... <laughs> <laughs> if they're not, who is? In yeah. other words, yeah. he's virtually saying, well, it'll be Man City or, yeah. or Liverpool. Yeah. Or what? That's no contest, is it? It's, it's no kind of contest. It's, it's November, for goodness yeah. sake. So there we go. This week's Herald Express, Devon Live, Yellow Army, Talk United podcast. We started defending Jamie Reid. We finished by dismantling the European Super League. <laughs> So it's <laughs> would that we had control over either, either of those things. Never say that it's not wide ranging. Thank you very much for your company. Uh, we'll be there on Saturday at Plainmore for big, Woking big in the game. FA Cup. Three o'clock kickoff. Do come up and say hello. Um, tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. And uh, we'll be back with another action-packed podcast with two games to talk about next week. And let's hope that we're all looking forward to the balls in the velvet bag again on Monday. Fantastic. And as ever. Come on, on, you yellows. yellows.